Welcome to episode 52. We are now a full year into the Mosaic Arc, and so we've made, decided this is our official end of season stream. We'll be here next week as, as usual, but it'll be season two, right? And, so, and you'll be able to tell because we have been doing this for a whole year and we figure it is now time. No, we, we actually already started this a, a couple of weeks ago, but we're still trying to figure out what women want. Welcome to the Mosaic Arc. Well, I know what you want because you were just telling me you want a horse. I, I, I would I never. I, ne I, so I will never be able to do. What is it? The there's a a competition that includes shooting and riding and fencing. I got the fencing down. Yeah, you're always you. You're I'm never going to get on. <laughs> We're just going to put you on a no, horse next. No, no. Okay, so this is we've been working in in Draco Chemicus. We are now working on Act Two. Uh, you all will be happy to know we are also starting to get our production together for Act One. So one of the things that these women want is, of course, readers, <laughs> and 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 for you to you all to be patient because it's coming. It's coming. We promise, but. Um, we were thinking about our, our main character and trying to cast him with particular models and such like that. And I'm like, well, you know, Dorothy Sayers knew how to write a hero, and that's Lord Peter Whimsey. And, of course, in one of the um, the books when he's, he's in love with Harriet and Harriet, you know, loves him, but she doesn't want to give in to him. And, you know, it's all tense and huh. And she sees him on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, at that point, it's like she realizes, you know, he had this godlike ability because he could control a horse or he could, you know, ride the horse or something like that. Of course, what Dorothy Sayers did with Peter throughout the, the novels is he he's kind of a different character in every single one of the books because she's she's just projecting all of her fantasies of what she wants him to be. <laughs> and so he's I mean, he's, he's in a weird way. He's a little bit inconsistent because he, you know, he can get he gets whatever ability she needs him to have for the the story <laughs> but she never she never in fact made him terribly handsome he was always a bit of a funny looking mm. character with his monocle which of course i adopt in my in my cartoon character to in homage to to dorothy and yes. and also to my own i don't know whimsy right which is <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's that's the extent of that's the only time I ever like him at all in you know interested in trying to be on a horse in any way. I'm otherwise absolutely terrified they're enormous. No, I love them. <laughs> I would move into a stable if I could. <laughs> um Yeah, so I went riding yesterday. So this was my this is my uh my current my current thing because <laughs> i'm just going to pick up a new hobby every every now and again and uh i seem to like the dangerous ones um it it was amazing the i think like it makes sense to me why why dorothy sayers would put would put uh lord peter on a horse because i was thinking about it as, as i was doing it yesterday there is so much going on when you're riding. It's not mm. just, okay, I'm sitting on an animal and hoping to not get thrown off. That's me. I'm, I'm basically entire... a sack of potatoes. <laughs> if I've ever ridden a horse, they've been these poor trail ponies that, you know, get people like me who haven't, haven't a clue how to sit. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. I've been bitten by horses no. before. Uh, Slid no, off them. they're too um, high. You're gonna yeah. get hurt. I'm so my all of all of my maternal instincts are are kicking in, and I tell, please don't fall off a horse and become Christopher Reeve and have to die. Right. No. <laughs> well, the one I was on yesterday, she's very lovely. Um, she warn she warns you when she's not very happy about something, so she's easy to read mm. in that way, which is amazing. But um, I was thinking about it. So Sayers makes sense to me in the way she's she's put her uh, her ideal guy on a horse, because I was you know we're in there the horses are are they have to be educated they call it uh, educating the horse it's not training them they're educated because the the rider and the horse are working together throughout the session so there's no like um, autopilot thing going mm -hmm. on you know you have to check them and make sure that they're comfortable and they're ready to do what you want them to do and it's incredibly complicated psychologically because your 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 body and your brain and your breath have to be completely coordinated while you're riding and the the horse is picking up on all of it while you're on uh while you, while you're mounted on top of it and uh you know it's just sort of really basic things we we're doing yesterday which was like okay when you exhale strong enough this horse is going to hear that and it's going to change the stride that it's doing I was like, oh, okay, wow. So, the, you know, if the horses are educated enough, they can really pick up on, on everything that you're doing. So I was thinking about that level of communication and how you get so synchronized with this animal. And then I was thinking, I think cars have ruined men. <laughs> yes, we do, want, because... we do want men who can ride horses. Uh, absolutely. And, and I think yeah. this, is, this, this is making sense. Yeah. Okay, carry on. Well, I thought all of... I'm all still of terrified of them. That... I want no. The thing is, some <laughs> some dim part of me would like to be able to ride, but I don't know how. <laughs> it's a. I mean, it is scary. Like one of the one of the trainers at the school, she uh, she she was thrown mm. off a few months ago, and um, she's she was badly concussed and you know like obviously there's some there's some trauma uh, uh lingering afterwards and so yeah i mean it's not uh it's not it's not riding a bike <laughs> but i think 
the benefit of what you're doing outweighs all of that. I mean, it's there's nothing like it. There's uh, there's absolutely nothing like riding it riding a horse there's, there's nothing like that level of mm. training that's required and, and you see um i mean in in particular the owner of the schools i mean a lot of these schools are, are run mm. by women completely by women independently which is also something that's really interesting uh you know it's the joke of the horse girls um but the women that are riding the uh riding and running these schools they're a different breed of, of female totally uh very very confident and very savvy and their level of awareness of what's going on around them is really interesting mm. too. But um, I think it's because the people that are working with the animals have to be as educated as the animals that they're, that they're, they're educating. Um, so I don't know. It's just, a, it's, it's quite a, a magical thing to be, to be in that environment. But well, the, the other, the I was women, thinking, I do have friends who, who ride and they're also some of my fencing friends. And so, I mean, there's a little crossover there, right? I could say, I could say, look, mm -hmm. I, I'm still wounded from when I was at summer nationals. <laughs> You've still it's, so, the so it's, it's not like, I, you know, I won't, <laughs> you know, go into some dangerous situation, but the, I mean, the first no. thing you said about that you are in harmony with the horse that that you have that you know have to be communicating with it one of my friends um mm. described once how riding was interesting because it's two wills right your will and the horse's will yes. and they have to be in yes. harmony together so that it's not just your bodies but like you're describing she can hear your breath and and then has some sense mm. of what you want her to do yeah yeah you can't gaslight us <laughs> <laughs> If you do, you will die. <laughs> I think, you know, they they are incredibly sensitive. Um, and you can't neglect them either. Um, they're, uh, you know, even though they're so physically powerful, if they have a tiny injury, suddenly their behavior completely changes. Yeah. They're very, uh, very physically sensitive despite their strength. Uh, so we were learning this uh, kind of, uh, technique to rebalance them because the, the the one that I was on she's she's quite heavy she tends to lean onto her front mm. and so you have to work with the mouth because everything that you're doing is with the mouth but they're chewing and doing things as as you're riding them and you're supposed to what it's just it's really complicated I love it it's like a it's kind of like a jujitsu mm -hmm. that where you're driving as you're doing it yeah well so That's i can really i think cool. we've 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 solved it instantaneously right it's like well what 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 one or men who ride <laughs> yeah and then i i have yeah. done a little research for our episode tonight of course everybody wants us to talk about barbie which i haven't seen yet i did sort of toy with the idea of, oh, of going to see it just you know to prepare for this this particular discussion <laughs> but of course i did watch i did watch bridgerton some weeks ago and there's a in the the, the second season one of the big deals is the cup the couple who become the couple meet while they're writing so that you know the, the sort of feel of there is a I mean a true aristocracy it has the horses um but that mm -hmm. it's you know you have to train yourself to be working with the animals so it it like you're describing mm -hmm. it affects how human beings behave too oh definitely uh the I mean you see people that work with horses are completely different the way they walk the way they carry mm -hmm. themselves similar to um 
dancers, people that have been trained in classical yep. dance. They have a particular way of carrying their bodies and their posture and everything. Uh, I think um, I read this a long time ago. Ben Franklin said that he credited dancing and horse riding with his um, his composure. Mm -hmm. I forget where I read that it's ages ago, but it makes perfect sense to me because the, the, everyone that's in that environment are very, very aware of how they're holding themselves because when you're on an animal like that, you have to be very aware of how you're holding yourself for the sake of the the skeleton that, that is carrying mm -hmm. you. And psychologically, I mean, one mistake and you're dead, really. I mean, the, the, <laughs> the animals can be really placid and then suddenly they'll kick or they'll mm -hmm. buck and uh, you don't really know why. So um, I was thinking about this, like, okay, these animals, it never used to be a purely recreational activity. We relied on these for transport and to work with them in fields and uh, civilization was, you know, uh, created through through horsemanship and what what men must have been like in terms of the mentality that it was just a given that you had to learn to work with these animals I'm thinking I think cars have ruined men <laughs> because uh, now the, the majority of the writers at least in the school I'm going to are mm. women um, we don't get a lot of like we don't get a lot of men that are interested in going to ride. I, I find it really interesting that their focus has, has moved onto the machines mm -hmm. that they've built that have um, replaced these animals as their uh, kind of thrill-seeking outlet. Like, you know, guys will get on motorcycles or they're working on cars, but they've left, uh, they've left riding behind they've left horsemanship and then the guys that are still involved in the industry are obviously the ones that are really in love mm -hmm. with it um and they tend to be you know the ones that are training champions like they're uh, hard to get a hold of you know if you want if you want private lessons with them to get them to help you educate your horse is very difficult so well but i mean this could this could explain you know regional differences in the united states because there are regions where men are still working with horses like texas <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. and I, so I think, I think the, the riding is very significant because horse culture is, you know, like intensely bound up with what knights are, which I think is what Sayers was playing off mm -hmm. of, you know, the whimsy can ride a horse. He's Lord Peter whimsy can actually, I mean, what's funny is he's like, he's, he's aesthetically sophisticated. And that's the first thing you see, you learn of him in, in her opening book where he's going to the book sale and, you know, he's, he's worrying about the Dante that he wants to buy and such like that. And he always has very fine, you know, furniture and clothes and food and, and such, but then he can ride a horse. So he has that physical, um, ability. He also, she also gives him various physical abilities and some of the others, but that he, that he can work with a horse is the true demonstration of his nobility for her uh, from, mm. from all of the other things. But so when I, when I do my, my animals in the middle ages course, we've talked about other animals as well. It's like falconry. Like you're, you're riding yes. a horse with a falcon on your wrist. You got, you're doubly like constrained, right? <laughs> because you were just mm -hmm. describing how you have to work with the, the, the animal you're riding, but the, the birds are incredibly um, temperamental. Right. You have to be very, very still mm -hmm. and very controlled in order for them not to to be alarmed. And so, you know, the nobility of of the past tended to work with both 
both kinds plus dogs right so i mean what mm. say one of the th one of one of the interesting <laughs> things about all of all of our you know transformation of our humanity is we've lost the, the 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 humanity that we had when we worked with the animals and that we actually like you or you were saying lived with mm. the animals but had to be trained with them to have all sorts of interactions like you know i'm as equally impressed with the men in the neighborhood that train their dogs well as as anything else, right? That they can mm. they they've got them trained so they don't bolt away and run you know rush after other dogs or squirrels or people or cars or or something mm -hmm. like that. And you can you can I feel the respect of yes you've you've communicated yourself with this creature. yeah it's a it's a proper communication uh it's not input outputs it's a it's a relational thing they have real relationships with the animals that they're working with like this so to be better human beings we need to practice being better in our communication with the animals and maybe we might be better talking to each other that's a theory hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I have well, another can, tangent. You, so you're talking about the cars. It's like I had in my notes, like, what do we really want? I was going to start with fathers, right? But we haven't gotten there yet. But the, <laughs> my my father was, I mean, when he was a heart surgeon. So you guys, you really got to compete for like alpha status if you want to come up against my dad, right? Because he was. <laughs> I, 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 I read this somewhere. Oh, I think Jordan Peterson mentioned it, right? It's like the, of the, of the care of the, characters the sorry the professions that end up in the romance novels it's like vampire werewolf surgeon maybe pirate and there was one other but surgeon right my father actually was and he was you know heart surgeon right trauma surgeon he's the guy it's like when you get pulled out of the car wreck he he stitches you up and when you shoot shoot each mm -hmm. other in downtown louisville kentucky there's dad pulling the bullets out so um but he that was what he did for his like job what he did for his hobbies was machines that he worked in, he he yeah. he flew planes i you guys like seriously <laughs> he could he had a pilot's license he made black powder rifles and he did hot rod racing with uh stock cars right so like his buick and yeah. his chevel chevelle and things like that and the thing is with the with the machines the precision that it took to make those cars run in the race right yes. it's not like with animals but the driver has to be really well attuned with his car and they have to tune those cars to them so i think you're mm -hmm. right it's it is different but it's not for the men who are really working with the machines that it's a testing of themselves in a different register yes you know? Oh yeah, yeah. I know. I I know a guy. Uh, I know a guy who's a mechanic who works now on um, uh, on racing tracks, and uh, it is it's edge testing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very high pressured edge test too because they're not only are they working on them, they have to maintain them while the while the driver is racing the vehicle. So they get a flat. They have to change it. You know, the pit the pit crew have to change everything really quickly, and it's a it's a full coordination. So they're coordinating with each other. Uh, the the crew. They're coordinating yeah. with each other as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if someone's slow, they lose half a second. Disaster. Right. So yeah. So there are, there are similarities, uh, but in, in terms of um, 
I think in terms of the machines versus the animals, uh, the patience with the machine is different. You can, you know, because I, I, I saw this guy working on cars too all the mm. time. Um, uh, obsessively working on the car, but uh, you can get angry around the car and the car is not going to respond. You get angry around right. the dog, there's going to be a completely different response. So I think in terms of the, the internal emotional regulation, it's still going to be different. Edge well, testing okay. yourself with machinery versus animals is going to right. be very different. Well, and and the, I mean the fencing is edge testing yourself with other people. Uh, yes, and and yeah, I I think we've we've talked about this. Um, I I can't remember when when right, but you know you're, you're having to edge test your own emotions a lot mm. to be able to respond correctly and not get angry at yourself because of what she's doing. Um, well, you've and, talked about this a yeah. lot. Like how, the the level of um, uh, you know, it's a really it, it's it's emotional edge to be in a fencing tournament mm -hmm. as much as as it is the skill set involved, right? Right. And I mean, so I've done. I it's like thinking about the variety of sports that I've tried in my life and which ones mm -hmm. I I mean, fencing I obviously have done a lot for twenty years. Um, mm -hmm. I, I swam when I was growing up and, you know, swam on the high school team and, and so forth. And I'm less interested in that precision um, training, but um, my, my brother does swim and he has that precision working with himself in the, sw in the water. Mm. Uh, so I can, you know, it's like, I mean, I think you know, partly a theme here is, and I do, I do recognize that this is what Dorothy Sayers was playing off of seeing Harriet seeing Peter on the horse. I mean, one thing that I, I will say, we are going to tell you what women want, but obviously we're going to use ourselves <laughs> as the primary source of truth here. <laughs> uh, the women I know most intimately, me, right? Um, they're a, a great sort of thrill at seeing men incredibly skilled at things yeah and yeah. i i one i okay we we you can have to do a poll of everybody in the world right it's like women i i mean my sense is that women do like that and then i have a theory about why they screw it up when when the men are doing well well at things but guys if you want women to be interested in you my first suggestion is be really good at something like really, really good at something, and then women and and there's a there's a line at one of my favorite lines in Pirates of the Caribbean for for this reason is when um Will is showing uh Elizabeth's father the sword that he's made, yeah. and and you know it's a really beautiful sword and the father says you know I would expect the man who made this to pay you know or no maybe did Norrington say that now I've forgotten which one said it. They're both, they're both. Well, that was Norrington. Norrington I think, says yeah. that at the end, yeah. right? But for, so Will yeah. shows, first he shows the father the sword and it's very, you know, perfectly balanced. And then Norrington at the end says, we would expect a man who made this to pay, you know, close attention to everything. And I do, I, you know, whoever wrote that is tapping into, I think, what women are responding to. They're saying, if he pays mm -hmm. that careful attention to that, he will be able to take care of things. Now, whether that mm -hmm. plays out and why women get frustrated with it and wreck it, 
is another matter. <laughs> but step one, <laughs> women do tend to be impressed by men who can do things well. Any, 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 um, uh, any dis- dis- Norrington at the end, fat, yes. Skills, definitely. So Casey agrees, but Casey's part of our poetry group. We're going to have to like, to, to drill on the women. Women are, is, is this generally true? Mm-hmm. We, we don't we don't have yet okay what we women want is more of you watching live so you can tell us <laughs> but we'll accept comments in the youtube yeah we need numbers <clears throat> which brings me to my second theory <laughs> okay so let's to make a list of the things women want right can shall we do this number one i do i i do my my theory is women do want men good at things, but maybe they don't, right? It's like that that's one of the problems with the sort of claim of the Barbie movies, like Ken's are, are silly and ridiculous. I needed to see that because I'm not sure the movie doesn't undermine the whole premise of the, the Barbies as, as, as such, right? But are there mm-hmm. women out there that don't want men good at things? This, this never <laughs> has made any sense to me because I've, I've always been incredibly drawn to skill. Oh yeah, those women exist. Okay, now my brain just exploded. Like, why? <laughs> why would you not want men absolutely, exquisitely skilled at things? Because you want to control men. If you don't have somebody who's skilled, you have someone who is essentially helpless. Yeah. Or who? Uh, I, why would yeah. anybody want that? <laughs> why would you want someone who's not skilled? <laughs> Um, this is a hypothetical I because I don't think you have one no, either, I'm, right? I'm, I'm mentally, I'm mentally cherry picking from different <laughs> examples that I've seen over the years, and I've seen a lot of women that seem, uh, seem not to care about the men that they're with having skills. They want candles. Describe these strange creatures. I, I'm, I'm, I'm befuddled. I don't, I don't get it. Why would they? Why would they want that? I mean, I get, I mean, it's like they want babies, right? But, but mm-hmm. yeah. Why can't you want both? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Highly skilled, therefore incredibly sexy. But the thing is, it's like, think, think about the thing. It's like men who get a lot of women in the world, at least a lot of their mm. attention, right? They are musicians, right? Yes. Okay. It depends on how skilled they are, whether they're lip syncing, but you know, the, the, the appeal of a man who can play a musical instrument, they think, hmm, Spanish guitar. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I think you were sharing some videos once of one, one guy who's like really, really good. And just like, oh, I'm just like the. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to stop this stream. <laughs> I just watched Push yeah, Boots good. last night. And I've got it's Antonio Banderas in my head, right? So we got Spanish guitar or dancing, mm-hmm. right? You said dancing or you know, yes. it's, sports, I think, is a little more complicated because those are different kinds of skills, maybe. I think it's a difference between a sport and these kinds of um, more creative skills is that there is a, there's a juxtaposition between a uh, elite level of discipline very high level of discipline Mm. and also a high level of expressiveness Mm. because 
to see somebody sing or dance or play an instrument is not the same as seeing someone kick a football. Right. I don't look at a footballer and think, oh, wow, that's amazing. I just think, oh, great, you're kicking like you're kicking a ball. That's fantastic for you. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't evoke the same level of emotional response. Um, and this is like a, you know, this is a very new world thing too. Like the, the old world versus a new world, Europe versus Australia, Australia put its athletes on the, on the apex of uh, the masculine hierarchy. Mm. You know, you have to be an athlete or it's nothing. You're, it's Europe. It's not like that. Uh, in, in Europe, you're, you're apex if you're good at something, but there's that tension between high level of discipline and high level of expressiveness. And I think it's because women want to see it because women can't really achieve it at the same level. That is true. We can't. Mm -hmm. But we can't kick the, the, the soccer balls either. I, I the thing is I, I no. have, you know, really great fencers. I have that response to too. I mean, it's incredibly high well, level of may... skill and, and very physically precise. Fencing's different. Fencing's individualistic. It's not a team sport. Mm. And there's something about the... I mean, just to think of it instantly, like, what really is it? It's combat training. Sort yes. of, you know, it's like a martial art. So there's no, uh, okay. This is, this Again, is fair. We're going, no, back, no, we're going say... back to knighthood, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's, but, a, but team sports, team art, sports. Yeah. I mean, I, I see them. So whether we buy into evolutionary just so stories about hunter gatherers, right? <laughs> it, it is clear that men have mm -hmm. to work well as teams to hunt mammoths. Yes, <laughs> I, as guess right. I did, and I think human beings did hunt mammoths, and men to do that together had to work very, very effectively. So men are. Mm. I, I think this shows up in Apocalypto too at the opening scene when they're hunting. The men are mm -hmm. hunting. So I could see that that would be a you know the men would be drawn to being able to work well together and have that kind of cohesion of a team. I mean, you you were also yeah. just describing the team working together to change the tires on those cars. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the same synchronicity as a pit crew. Yeah. It's impressive. Well, women don't have the same thing. I mean, the emotions block that kind of uh, if, efficient coordination. Right. Because women are worried. Oh, did I ask her, you know, too abruptly? Did I sound rude? Oh, was that, you know, was I, like, <laughs> you know, that's what it is. You're constantly stressing about like, putting strain on the relationship instead of getting work right. done. Whereas guys are like, give me the effing wrench or I'll smack you over the face with it. And then they just keep going. Right. There's nothing for, you know, it's a, Okay. So we're already, a we're, different the, way of approaching. the complexity here is good because you're saying there, there are things that women want in men that we respond to and appreciate. And there are things that men yeah. seem to value in other men that women are less good at appreciating. And then there are things mm -hmm. that women do with women that are different from both of those. Okay, good. So maybe, so maybe, <laughs> so maybe what women want depends on the relationships they're in. 
Mm -hmm. So, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know I, so one day we'll figure out the social sexual hierarchy for women. Actually, we already know it and we can tell you all pretty bluntly what it is. Um, But I think one of the things that I find (laughs) is curious about how there is, there is a fascinating dishonesty obviously in public representations of women about women, what women actually want. And I can say this, I think as a fairly high performing woman who fairly, (laughs) who I think has a fairly, if ever I heard fairly high pyramid job (laughs) that women are Um, supposed to want, whose mother, mind you, did better in medical school than her father. And I just told you who my father is, was. So I'd like, I have a little context, <laughs> girls, for understanding what it's like to have professional aspirations as a woman. And I'm still saying that all of that girl, you girl, go girl power is nonsense. Bold claim. So, but why, why is it so hard to say that? It's like, I, I, and I, I, I think I've said this on stream before, but I'll sort of reiterate it now that one of, I, I realized one of my most perilous handicaps is, and I've said this and I, I don't remember what context we were saying, but I'll say it again. My, I think great grandmother, certainly it's late 19th century was one of the first women was the first woman in Arkansas to graduate from college which tells you already that I am an incredibly rare specimen because apparently women never went to college until, oh, my great-grandmother. More generations of women in college. Right now, people are really interested in finding first-generation you know, undergraduates to come to our schools. Well, my great-grandmother was one of those mm-hmm. in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm sure you guys are like rapidly figuring out exactly how privileged that was. <laughs> and you know we're all teachers and doctors and you know well, a lot of that teachers and doctors among the women in my family including my mother's great my mother's aunts right so my grandfather's sisters were doctors and dentists orthodontists actually and librarians and you know it's like so i one this has always a little puzzled me it's like oh you know mothers who didn't have these careers i'm like well my mom did and we grew up as latched key kids because when my father left oh right they do that too surgeons (laughs) my mom raised us on her own Mm. in the 70s so i'm 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 still a little bit missing the problem about like where women's liberation took us Acceptable single motherhood, I think. Why would anyone want that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. My mother didn't. I don't know. Uh, I don't think I've ever met a single mother who wanted that. <clears throat> Conundrum here. Although I have recently come to learn that a woman I know is thinking of deliberately making herself a single mother. <laughs> so, I mean, this uh, 
this idea of doing it on your own pops up every every so often with people uh, in my generation, I think, that have just decided that it might be easier to to do that than risk never becoming a parent. Uh, but that's a kind of different... That's a different level. Okay, of, no, this is um, no, this is this is actually helpful problem, because we're saying problem solving. They so much want to be mothers; they'll do it all by themselves. Mm. Yeah. Wait, that women were supposed to, according to the Barbie trailer, which I have <laughs> seen because everyone's talking about it, bash their little baby dolls mm. in order to, you know, it, it, see the two thousand one giant monolith Barbie look over her glasses at them and say, you know. You go, girl. You get to have you know the high heels in the in the career. Mm. No, no. But they want to be mothers so much they'll do it even without the support of a husband. Yes, yes. And the woman, you know, I mean, I don't want to go so. But this person. This is, is a part of our problem. That most of our evidence She's... is gossip. <laughs> Well, I mean, but that's kind of how women work. We work an anecdotally, exactly. right? We're not statisticians. Exactly. <laughs> we work very anecdotally. I don't care about statistics. <laughs> I care about numbers. Uh, we care about relationships. We care about looking at the at the, the catastrophes surrounding us and figuring out how that works and how that was engineered and how we can fix it. So, no, it's beautiful women. Beautiful women gorgeous uh that come from good families that can't find men that want to have children with them it's not a case always of the feminists swallowing the ego girl and then mm. you know uh no i know women that wanted to be mothers that wanted to be housewives that couldn't find men that were willing to make them housewives it's sad mm. Uh, mm. it's very sad okay so we we still we're, i'm still in sort of this mysterious place where any woman wants a Ken doll at all? I mean, it's uh, uh, like, uh. <laughs> the ones that are the, the ones that are there that still want the Kendall, I think there's something going on, but they're the minority. Most girls don't want Ken. Okay, so I do think we need to delve into this. This this is the the thing. Right? Okay, okay. Um, and I I I was I was trying to make my notes for myself to say it's like okay, so what do women want? It's like I and I just started talking about my father, which is a, a sort of setup for was what I came up with. It's like one mm -hmm. usually there's some kind of relationship with their father that they're anchored on as as a either tension or ideal right i, I think i think mm -hmm. this came up it's like yes. you know but uh in our in our telegram discussions about you know, like do, should you know women girls are just disney princesses just you know it's like every girl wants to be treated like a princess um and, and particularly by their dads right so you know like the dad mm -hmm. the dad needs to value you um uh so want that that being one thing um, my second, my set, my second desideratum is a house, which I don't have. I live in an apartment mm -hmm. and that bothers me, <laughs> but, but I, I also know it's like, I played the, you know, I, 
different games that I played and whether I played with, I didn't like baby dolls. I never did. I, I liked stuffed animals a lot. Right. So I have mm -hmm. a lot more stuffed animals than I ever had baby dolls, but um, I always played house and put the stuffed animals in the house. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got, I got my tea parties with, you know, teddy bears and things like that. And um, we say teddy bear. Do you have teddy bear picnic in America? Um, oh, that must be an Aussie I think thing. It's, I think it's an, as you say, it's an Aussie thing, but we had, I had tea set and mm -hmm. teddy bears and, you know, I still have more stuffed animals than grown people should have. But anyway, <laughs> That they that having a house to take care of that's your own, you mm -hmm. know the 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 sort of it seems to me a fairly gen generic desire that women have to set up home of some sort. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then the third, which is probably possibly the most controversial that I have, is to be beautiful. Mm. And. I think that the, 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 I was trying to play with the sort of dynamic of why these three things are so hard to have, you know, it's like, what if I want all of these things, there's a husband in there somewhere, I think, which is complicated by your relationship mm. with your father. But the husband in the house is a tricky one and the beautiful and the husband is another dynamic. So... <laughs> So, okay. Is that because house follows husband, which follows beauty? Yeah. Hmm. Well, so I think it's like, think about the working, the working, the move, the women in the working, the working women in the movies or the acting like actresses who always get the best houses. Um, what you're usually enticed by, I mean, this worked for sex in the city, right? It's like one, they were living in Manhattan mm -hmm. in apartments that even though they were small, nobody could afford. <laughs> I went to graduate school in Manhattan. I know what it's like, right? I lived in a basement room. Um, and, and so I know, you know, the, the size apartments that they're depicting in that show, that's what women wanted, right? They wanted the, the you know, the wardrobe and the house. But in that context, it's mm -hmm. the city, right? You get to live in the whole city. And that's what, what's her name? Jessica Parker's character. Um, where is it? Carrie. Carrie. You know, what she's describing mm. in most of her monologues at the outset, it's like you get to basically live in the whole city as your home. Right. And that, that, that that's yeah. like you've made your the entire all of Manhattan your house. So, you know, I, I do think that that primary desire to arrange the furniture and pick the furnishings and de decorate. I mean, the, the women who become first lady always get to do that and everybody's jealous of them. <laughs> <laughs> because mm -hmm. they get to decorate their house. What what are you most jealous of that Queen Queen Elizabeth had? Well, corgis. <laughs> All those houses. Mm -hmm. So I I I, oh, I, yeah, don't, yeah, I, yeah. I I challenge anyone to tell me that the, that that's not a, a default for women nesting, right? If you really want to say that, but um, creation of a space that's yours. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was writing about that yesterday because mm -hmm. I, I uh, you know, in preparation for this stream, 
uh, looking around and, and finding some memes, which I thought would, would be really relevant. And, you know, it's the, the meme about the, the, the bachelor party, uh, the bachelor pad, you know, the, the, the single guy oh, yeah. and how he lives with the couch and a screen and that's it. There's nothing in the house. And uh, women saying, how can you live like this? Right, right. And, of course, they consider all of the furnishings, the live, laugh, uh, live, laugh, love sign on the wall is just a waste of money. But that's the, basically the entire goal of women is to get a space that they can fill up with their live, laugh, love signs. <laughs> because it's not just a material thing for women. Right. It's a psychological thing. Uh, it's a spiritual uh, comfort to actually have a space where they can be female and to realize their, their womanhood. Um, and I was thinking about this, like, again, you know, referring to all the women that I've known and, and realizing that what has happened is that we got pushed out of the desire to make our live, laugh, live, laugh, love space, the house, uh, pushed out of the desire right. to make the house that space and, and make the workplace that space. And, uh, people have said to me in the past when I've been at work, oh, you know, now we're going to try and blend the work-life balance and and get more of a more integrated thing where you know you can work from home and the office but i all i saw was the boundaries between home life and office space was were being purposefully dissolved by corporation mm. and then the language surrounding co-workers becoming more about oh we're a family here we're a family here and i'm thinking nah <laughs> you're not <laughs> this is a this is a working space but this is how women are being initiated into a corporate career now mm -hmm. because it's appealing to their desire for family for home for nesting for having this kind of space where they can be themselves and like you know uh put a creative feminine flair on what they're doing i i just i saw the the kind of trap that was being set out i thought this is not the place for it um i don't want my work in my life to merge like this in this environment because you can't be truly feminine at work anyway so what you're mm. doing is you're you're being offered this kind of pseudo femininity it's like oh yeah you can come to work you can live laugh love here but you can't really because you're doing it around people that don't love you ultimately right nobody loves you then right so yeah women they need they need the space even if it's a basement in manhattan it doesn't matter they have to put their live laugh love sign up on the wall or they go insane <laughs> it's necessary it's very necessary well and so i it's interesting that your way you're describing it saying that the corporate or the business world or the public world mm. is drawing women into it by promising them home i was thinking of it the other direction that women once they get into the public world then turn it into their home so it works the other way too, which is, you know, mm -hmm. frustrating. Well, it's, it's, it, you should see my office on campus. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm very good at nesting <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm academic and I'm faculty member, I get my own, my own space, but I think women, you can see women doing it in any workspace that are in, which is, I think you're right about the problem with the confusion. It's like if they're bringing their pictures of their family and their and men do that too. They, but I think they do it for different reasons. Um, that they're, they're always trying to nest no matter what. And, uh, yes, it's, it's, it's a, like with, you know, your, our pets, 
as frustrated expressions, semi-expressions of what we're actually longing for. I, I had not thought about it. It's like single, single women trying to have families all by themselves. That's sad. That's, I mean, it's very sad because what they mm. really want is a family. Yes. Yeah, they want it. It's happening. Yeah. 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 Their fertility clinics are, are, are making this possible now. Right. And women that are my age have come to the conclusion that they can't find a, a man that's going to keep them at home and they're going to do it alone. I mean, it's terrifying. It's terrifying, but that's how desperate they are to become mothers. So the, the trope of the internet reactionaries, you know, that all oh, feminism has wrecked all these women and they don't want to be mothers and they're ruined because they were promiscuous or it's all BS. Mm. It's all lies. It's lies. The women, they want to be mothers. They might not even say it out loud. They might not be admitting it. They don't admit it to other women sometimes because the, that's that's the next know, the, level that we need to get to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the the competitive thing of like, no, we've got to stay in sex in the city mode, you know. Right. Like, I want my Manolo Blonix. I want this. Blah 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 blah. We have the single girl like cosmopolitan cocktail hour every right. day and talk about all the men we're dating and whatever. I know women like that too. Miserable, because they're not being honest about what they actually want. Right. So. Like the, but the ones that are, are finding it really, really hard to get the men that can keep them at home to give them what they actually want, which is to allow them to, you know, stick up the live, laugh, love sign on the, on the basement or the mansion. It doesn't matter. Like whatever, whatever standard they're going for, right. uh, they can't find it. Okay. So we start with, I think guys, with are, desire under, for the guys are underestimating that now. Yeah. We say women's relationship with men and that house right which is is part of it and women's relationship mm. with the other women which shall we go yeah <laughs> i mean that that seems to me like what uh, what did i do with my barbies my right it's like so i had barbies mm. and i think i i think they're somewhere here i don't remember where they are because they're probably up on top of shelf or something but one i didn't have a i did have malibu barbies but the, that wasn't the first barbie i had wasn't one of those um and i she was she was brunette and she had better joints <laughs> <laughs> my my primary memory actually only the daughter only the daughter of two doctors would have noticed no because the Malibu Barbies their legs always fell off right it's like they they would only she's they, got great they joints. would only move this way and my my Barbie it's like she actually had like ball joints rather than <laughs> anyway and and my grandmother who was um the classics teacher classics and English teacher right um made me some clothes for the the doll right and i still have i that's why i still have the dolls because i kept the clothes that my grandmother like hand sewed they were they were beautiful right so i i i liked dressing my my barbie in the clothes that my grandmother made and i liked setting up a house for her i never had any of the pink plastic yeah. like high rises or anything i remember that seeing them on you know advertised on television and stuff but i made you know it's like defaulting to making houses i had binders like women and binders binders full of women <laughs> I was always, I was like, of course you'd have binders full of women because that's what i use i use binders to make like rooms right and the and the and the rings on the binders were really good for like hanging the clothes off they were closets it was great <laughs> it's cute <laughs> 
So what do I default to with my stuffed animals and my Barbies? It's setting up houses. Okay. So I just, yeah. I don't fight me on this. You women, you want homes. You want your own home. You want your own space that you can decorate. You want your, your you know, your plants and your cats and your, 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 your space. And the thing you probably fought your mm -hmm. mother for most was your house. Premise. Number one. Mm -hmm. it, it it's especially true with southern women because like if we get me and my mom in the same kitchen it's bad <laughs> oh yeah yeah because <laughs> you're both competing <laughs> to be in control of the space it's it's mm -hmm. kind of funny right and it's like I, I, I had to like train myself off of doing anything when i'm at my mom's house of, of, of certain things right because it's her house and she has it perfectly mm -hmm. organized and, you know, decorated. And, and, and it, it is a little frustrating when I visit because I'm like, Mom, there's no space on the table. Can we move it so I can, like, type? Right? <laughs> I use my tables for writing. She uses her tables for decorations. We have comp competition over this. <laughs> this. I'm very, very conscious of all of this because it's two women trying to control a space. Yep. Okay, can, we can go to women now. We can go to women's relationship with women now, or we can go to women's relationship mm -hmm. with men. Because the men, one or the other, it's like <laughs> you put a man in a woman's space. Oh my goodness! Well, you've just opened an entire <laughs> universe of problems. So I mean, <laughs> they're both the same. Which, which should we go to? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, there's a triangle. There's home, beauty, and 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 men, right? Yeah. Oh. Sorry, I just got triggered. I'm having flashbacks. I'm triggered. I'm, I'm doing this on purpose because I know the ladies watching will be will be um uh so but I, the chat has been Mel of course always made Barbie and Ken make out never considered career of either toy but they had a car. <laughs> Mel, we know you do dangerous boy stuff too. You've made videos of it. Always thought of dream home, even have diaries full of house designs. Yeah, I, I, at one point I was like scrapbooking dream things and, you know, interiors, Martha Stewart interiors, right? You're, you're doing anything. Mm -hmm. We have bitmojis on screen. Did you know that? What's on the screen right now? I can't Us see Us sitting on a mushroom reading. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um. Fat is saying something on single mothers. I would love to read Kilt's full thoughts on that issue. Well, I suspect there are more articles to come on this topic. It, it's, it's, oh, don't it's worry. Pretty, I'll it's just pretty, like, you know, I'll be flooding Gab. Don't yeah, worry. We're, we're just laying out the, <laughs> the, the territory here. Season two plans to, you know, have, has a, yeah, on this MT. Yeah, so fat. No, I think we would, on the M, M, MGTOW, feminism, men and mad at women online thing. Yes, we are here to solve the world's problems and people need families and kids yes. and houses. But we recognize it's complicated. Um, oh, I've talked to Casey, so many Casey, Barbie Townhouse is still one of my then, dream homes and I don't care who knows it. Well, I just told the world. Ha ha. <laughs> okay, yes, go ahead. <laughs> oh, like, no, the, the whole the whole MGTOW thing and like the, the aggression and rage and everything it is literally male feminism. That's all it is. Yeah. And uh, it's probably 80% of the people that are either feminists or MGTOW are just bullshitting and not being honest about what they really want. Right. Like probably 80% of the problems we have between the sexes are just because people are not honest. 
I've like I've gone into radical honesty on the sandwich press, obviously, for a while. For some things, but just to kind of encourage everyone to say, okay, well, we're not supposed to say this as women. For example, my gold digging meme, mm. you know. Um, we're not supposed to say this. Well, why not? Why can't you say you want money? Money means a house. Money means you you don't have to leave your home. Right. Money means you get to stay home with your babies. So of course you want money. So everyone sort of goes, oh, is that what you meant? Yeah. <laughs> of course. But it's not, um, it's not culturally appropriate to say that in the West right now for my generation. Uh, because the the idea is is that uh, we're we're raised to be uh, contributing financially to the situation and thinking I may get this one day not we're raising women to expect that they should be kept at home with their babies mm -hmm. the way that it should that that it that it may have been done in previous generations or that women are raised to expect that a man will just provide because he understands his role we've lost all of that in the west other cultures haven't lost it. So just to say a basic thing, like I want money is kind of like a, <laughs> like you sound like a shocking, horrible woman, kind of a bitchy thing to say, but it's not if, if it's, uh, you know, in the, in the context of like, I want to set up a family system, right. uh, you just replace the word money with resources. Oh, okay. So that's acceptable. Um, and a, a lot of women like this, you know, uh, a lot of women that are willing to go out and deliberately become single mothers are willing to take on that shame and responsibility instead of to to say when they're dating men actually i'm i want a responsible man you know mm, a father yeah for their yeah. children <laughs> yes okay so how do we get those so uh, <clears throat> well this is where we cut the stream because i don't know <laughs> uh, this is so no. this is this is where you know the painful reality of <clears throat> uh how complicated people are right um yes. women can set up homes like apartments and houses on their own right but to have a family, you actually yeah. have to have the two of you living in the same space. And you're probably mm -hmm. not going to agree on that. Like what you both like, probably. I don't mm -hmm. know. My, my husband and I, I think we've done okay. But like my, you know, I feel I, I nest books. There's a lot of them. <laughs> I got to spend the next weekend like rearranging the bookshelves. Like I the books in the new bookshelves that there's a lot of books, mm -hmm. right? Um, Let me say, I can, we're joking too much and now I've forgotten all the breakdown that I thought of this, that there, there are different layers of problem. When, okay, I had an example. All of this starts when you're 12 or 13. <laughs> Middle school is hell. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And one memory I have, very interesting, very vivid from seventh grade i think so i was 11 because i was young i wasn't i was mm -hmm. 11 or 12 i can't remember I've, i'm a year behind everybody but you know it's like girls mature early no we don't 
sort of we do um and the 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 the, the boys were making the the no, the kids in shop class were making these sort of plastic necklace pendants right they were plastic squares and they were somehow fusing two pieces of plastic together with some ink in the middle and it made a little design right and some of the boys were making them for some of the girls and giving them as gifts mm -hmm. right and i had i had <laughs> i will find out who's been watching my streams right um there was a boy i don't remember his name i remember some of the boys from the, from those years but i don't remember this 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 boy's name and i liked him mm -hmm. you know in the sort of like you sit you sit behind each other in school in their desks and hope that they maybe notice you breathe at all kind of liking right mm -hmm. like i don't think we we got to do like square dance i'm gonna i'm gonna get really awkward here because i can remember all of this too well right that year seventh or eighth grade i remember we did like square dancing and stuff i don't think he ever got to square dance with me i would have remembered i wanted him to give me one of these necklace pendants mm -hmm. and i sort of i was cute then it was one of my thin faces, not one of my fat faces, which we'll get to soon. <laughs> and I either, okay, I either was no good at it, asking for it. It's like I was thinking about this with the women doing the NPC TikTok things now and the ice cream and stuff. Oh, and yeah. The guys will give them money to go, uh, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Ice cream, yum, yeah, good, right? Because the men are giving those women money to make them say something that they know they just paid for. It's very interesting. You had some interesting thoughts about this. We'll keep oh, going yeah. there. Right? Oh, yeah. But ice cream. So oh good. my gosh. I just, why? Could, it's like they figured something out because they, these guys are oh. giving the money. Now this is our problem. Ladies, both of you, both sides of all of this and men, this is your fault too, right? Because you mm -hmm. will give those girls money to go ice cream. So good. Think about that right i what mm -hmm. i i just i mean literally it's like i was 12 11 or 12 i wanted this boy who i thought was cute to make me a little pendant you know what i ended up having to do to get that pendant i had to give him a quarter <laughs> i had yeah. to pay for it and i'm like this was like the failure of all you know like everything right Every single woman has her eye on certain men. And I think skills, right? He was making, they made little pendants, right? He wouldn't just make yeah. me one and give it to me as a gift. Always that's what we're testing. It's, am I wrong? Right? Yeah. You, it's like when you say you. No, no, no. Gold, that's, it. that's basically Gold it. digging yeah. saying you're testing whether or not this man will take care of you. Going back to your yes. dad in the princess dress, right? All of it, yes. every single thing we do is a test. Yes, we're shit testing you constantly because we need to know whether you'll take care of yes. us. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't want and the, the plastic thing. I wanted the gesture of, I mean, they were, they, I think I probably have it. I think my mom put it in a box and I bet I could find it. I'll find it and show you on another stream to say it was a real thing. Yes. Right. And everything that plays out from the time you're 12 or so is working out this dynamic of and and this and then i think it was sort of like the boys are always interested in the pretty girls that they want to make say like ice cream the girls are looking at the guys who they're interested in but the guys are always looking at other girls and you're in this horrible maelstrom of figuring out who likes who and and I mean, and it's, I mean, it is a problem. I just spent reading the last two days reading about what's in the young adult books. Oh my gosh. 
and I get why oh, yeah. I get why people you know the 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 grooming authors can get those books into the children's into the school libraries because th- that's the age when you're trying to figure all this stuff out and it's horrible. Mm-hmm. It is exquisitely awfully horrible. I read the Judy Bloom books. I can still remember those too. It's like all recurring on me right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you need I mean and my dad, I told you my dad had left, right? I didn't have my dad to talk mm-hmm. to about anything as this was yeah. happening. Dads, you better take care of your daughters as they're going through this time because they need you. And if they don't, if they're, if dads, mm. if you're not there helping your daughters get through this, saying that boy is not really interested in you, expect this from that man. Be able, you will, the men, the women will have to be out there on their own making dumb decisions with no guidance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Fathers have to indulge women so that women expect to be taken care of, not indulge, not overindulge. Right. So this like bratty, oh, she wants too much, she's too demanding, blah, 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 blah. No, this is literally just women saying, if you're going to put me in the position where I am knocked up and I can't run away from you, <laughs> then you're not going to abandon me in that situation. The whole like uh, courtship and and marriage ritual is based on this idea of obligating a man to take care of the messes that he's created. That's it. That's the whole like surprise of marriage that everyone has forgotten because we've normalized men abandoning their obligations, abandoning their responsibilities. I mean, it's so normal that, I mean, you've, you've told me this and I didn't even bat an eyelid. How fucked up is that? Excuse my language. Which told, but this told is like, you what? Oh, that you know, your your mom ends up a single mom. Yeah, I was eleven. Who bats an eyelid this anymore? Is, I was eleven. Nobody, my my sibs were does. younger. I was the oldest. My mom was taking care of us by herself. Yeah, yeah it's so common. It's so. This common was in the seventies. Nobody blinked. Yeah. I mean, they blinked then. Well, but but then it was like you know you you spent the seventies having this live. Oh, the kids will you know the kids will adjust. Of course, there's lots of scholar there's lots of scholarship. There's studies coming out of people like me. We were the oldest, right? Of this sort mm-hmm. of vast generation of Gen X who was you know latchkey kids, right? That it had long term effects on us. You can mm-hmm. people in their fifties and for fifty fifties and you know I'm almost sixty, not seventy three like Google wants to pretend. Um, <laughs> the, it it did affect us, but what they were telling us in the seventies is ah kids will adjust, liars. Well, yeah, they'll they'll, they'll adjust. Yeah, they adjust to a lot of stuff. <laughs> I mean, horses can adjust to bad riders. Mm-hmm. It destroys the horses. Uh, I mean, there's like a whole bunch of things you can adjust to if you need to. It's a survival mechanism. But men have to indulge their daughters to a certain degree in order to prevent them from making catastrophic mistakes. And so this is the problem with the reactionaries that are going into a kind of MGTOW mentality of, oh, women ask too much. You know, women never get told no. No, the problem is you're looking at an entire generation of women that have only been told no. They have not been properly indulged by patriarchal figures that have allowed them to regulate their uh, uh, feminine uh, femininity and their female ambitions and wants and desires and to actually look at the world around them and say, okay, here are my potential mates. Mm-hmm. You know, There's the pool I can draw from. Okay, he's crazy. 
he's a narcissist, that guy's going to beat his wife, this one has no money, he's a bum, this has no skills. You know, you can make the elimination and then you go, okay, this one, it's not going to be for me. How how am I going to raise children with this person, you know? Yeah, he's handsome, but can I raise babies with this man? You know, this whole ability to filter is lost when women are not properly indulged. The daddy has to set the standard for the girl or else it's kaput. And then, of course, people can say, well, duh. And then we have all these women with daddy issues, so they're broken and we can't deal mm. with them. But no, the the <sighs> I think the, the issue is that women are... Uh, women that have grown up in this post seventies, uh, you know, divorce Armageddon. Well, they, they've they're seen not, their mothers they're, abandoned so, they're loud. for one and therefore they yeah, do yeah, end up with yeah. this idea. It's like, I've, you know, I've got to make money now because he might leave at any time. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, of course. It's, it's a trauma response. They're very loud about the things that they're, uh, they're very loud. And if you listen to them correctly, you'll understand why they're so loud and what they're not saying. Or yeah. if you read between the lines, you'll understand what women are really saying now. They're all scared to be abandoned. They're all scared to end up repeating the Gen X experiments. I mean, it's crazy. You think of a woman like, you know, the one I was mentioning mm -hmm. before, she's beautiful. She's gorgeous. And she would rather go ahead and become a voluntary single parent than miss out on motherhood because she's not found someone she can rely on enough to say, yeah, I'll have his kid and let him, you know, take the reins. Right. It's, it's, uh, that's the situation we're finding ourselves in now. And I think men, men, men underestimate that men underestimate the fear women have of being abandoned. Cause we've, we've, you know, like Coptic friends of mine, they've come from Africa this single parent phenomenon has not hit the Coptic mm. world yet. They still have a very traditional way of doing things. I mean, the girls are waiting for their husbands. They follow their father's advice. Like it's very, very nice. And to try and explain to them, you know, what it's like as a, as a person who's grown up in the West to look at that, they say, yeah, everyone here, there's no, there's no fathers at home. Right. The, the, the marriages are not, the, the marriages are not, uh, staying together people are divorced how is this every single person we meet they come from a broken home yep that's what we're in that's what we live in right yep. now men underestimate it how terrifying it is to date as a woman and think is this not going to be another one to wreck my life because that's what it's like it really is that's what it feels like okay let's turn the screw the other way mm. beauty Oh, me. Because <laughs> what app, what I said, my father left my mother for, mm -hmm. dad died in 2005, guys. So this, is, <laughs> he can listen right now. <laughs> he left my mom for someone who was closer to age in me than my mom. Because um, he was, uh, he was a, you know, a, a, in his mid thirties and met a med student, right. Who was very cute. 
-hmm. and telling him, oh, no, I don't want to have children. Of course, 10 years later, after he'd left my mom for her, she left him to have kids with somebody else. Now, ladies, <laughs> you don't get off the hook here, right? Because the the other reality, which I have seen men complain about, is women's hypergamy. And they'll dump, they'll oh, dump yeah. their husbands to marry up. So we're, 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 we're Adam and Eve here. <laughs> this peculiarly horrible fallen state of the women not being able to trust the men to take care of them and the men not mm -hmm. being able to trust the women not to abandon them. I, 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 I spent the last 20 years of my dad's life yes. trying to, you know, like, hope he didn't kill himself because he was drinking so much and so depressed. Mm. Yeah, you could say he built that, you know, he, he made that bed and he get to lay in it. But, you know, it's like this uh, one, the the sort of ramifications of the sin literally never stop. No, no. Take your marriage vows seriously because it's the only thing saving you from the flood. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I have more thoughts on this too, but let's just let uh, this I mean, sink in. I mean, yeah, I mean, to be to be to be honest, I see more of the the men abandoning their wives than I do of the women uh, being hypergamous in that way. I okay, mean, I thought I thought hypergamy was just like marrying up in the sense of you get married to someone of high higher social status. <laughs> I didn't think well, it meant like constantly swapping out husbands. That's a different level. No, I see. I've seen that. I've definitely okay. seen that. Yeah. Um, um, maybe maybe it's just among professional women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I get to, I've seen it a number of times. Yeah, I can. I mean, I can think of I can think of people on campus them. who um, uh, who arrived as couples and she left for a higher status man. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Henry the Eighth didn't do it by himself. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Himbalin definitely got in the middle of there. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, that goes back to the psychology of, of, of marriage too, doesn't mm -hmm. it? And th this is something that I've played with a lot, you know, my, my running theme, the gold digging theme, but my other, you know, my, my other themes being the sandwich press that I'm making sandwiches for everybody and pretending I'm in my kitchen talking to everybody about what's going on. Um, is what is marriage really? What are, what, are, what are people's expectations of a marriage? And I like to look at different cultures and different societies to play around with this idea right. because Westerners have a romantic version of marriage that comes from a particular point of time. Right. But we're post-Christian West now, so we have this strange Christian romanticism, but then no Christianity, and so everyone sort of confused what are we doing we're getting married other cultures are straight up about it they say it's a business arrangement mm -hmm. this is business we're marrying to we, we want to marry for money we want to marry for comfort if we can we marry up right uh you know again i think it goes back to people not being very honest about what they're intending on doing if you're entering a business deal then be straight up about it if you're entering if you're entering a christian sacrament that's a different deal that's a it's not a deal it's a you know you're you're taking on a martyrdom with someone else 
and it's uh i think that's what um that's what horrifies people when they see hypergamous women in the west is uh the culture still has that haunting memory of christianity when it was till death to us part so it kicks against that instinct you say hold on a second i thought it was till till death to us part oh no it's until you get the the ceo of a company that makes more money i mean like it, right. it's just sort of like well but, but so if you're not marrying as a sacrament well you know this i mean this is what's interesting about it. it's like the i and i have thought about this and I, I praised in the, my three cheers for white men the consensual marriage and the, since, since realized that that's part of the problem too um because it's it's the it's the it's the imaginative structure that gives us gay marriage in the long run <laughs> um and and the sort of again i've been reading all these kids books right um that it's love is love right and so the bond is of love and and there are and it's, you're you're vowed to the soul right and what you're mm -hmm. saying when you're saying that we've stripped out the christian i mean we've stripped out fertility which is strange right it's like saying to, that in fact what we want i think what women men and women both want is children like i've actually met men who do want children right and that's that's lovely mm -hmm. <laughs> um i mean you, you, that that the, the the desire for fertility is like it's in us right it, it, it's it's real and it's powerful mm. and what's interesting about you know the christian sacrament of simply the vow to stay together is it it can be abstracted off of the desire for children and indeed in the in the, the sort of theorizing about it was was made as oh, something that yeah. was simply about the bond of the, the the two which then ironically if you if you strip off it is a sacramental issue that I think that's why we ended up with it as a sacrament that transfers onto other relationships. Mm. Whoops. Unintended consequences are anyway, the hypergamy I think is the pro so the, this is where the problem of women's beauty comes in, right? Because independent of of marriages falling apart and such hypergamy simply is yes women can marry up in social status from what their own is and the easiest way for a woman to do that hands down always is beauty oh yeah yeah of course straight up i mean it's the instagram model phenomenon yep. But like, uh, you know, it's a never ending thing because, uh, now our bitmojis are trudging to school in the rain. We're sad <laughs> because ladies, no matter how much you went to school and no matter how smart you are, no matter how accomplished you are, I'm very sorry, but beauty will trump it every single time. Yeah. 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 Well, um and the problem too is that we have a we have the the display windows um open constantly now where every woman on the planet is is on the screen men are finding it very difficult to be satisfied mm. very very difficult to be satisfied with the women that they're with 
because there's always something better. You keep going, swipe, swipe, swipe. Men in relationships are finding it difficult to be satisfied. Um, they, you know, like the Instagram thirst traps is a real problem. It's a real problem. And on top of all of that, you have an entire beauty industry, which is creating women's faces, which are not even real. I mean, most guys are looking at a synthetic face. They don't even realize it. Now our Bitmoji is iconic. Think... Uh... <laughs> our, Bitmo our Bitmojis are uh... liking us. <laughs> yes. We finally got the sync up, but yeah, like a lot of a lot of women's faces are are augmented, even in a minor way, and men don't realize there's lip injections, there's mm. some Botox, there's something else going on there. You could argue makeup is a part of it, okay, whatever. But in terms of like uh, lighting, good lighting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like a surgical adjustment of the face has become normalized mm. now, and so. You know, I think you posted an article a while back. It was like, um, it's like women going to surgeons or clinics and they want to order the face, the beauty face, which has all the, you know, the right uh, attributes and everybody's blending and they're all kind of looking the same. You don't see characters anymore. Right. Um, which is funny because, you know, the supermodels during the, the supermodel era, they're all a bit odd. They always said something about them that was a bit different, mm -hmm. you know, like a gap tooth or had a mark on their face or their eyes were spaced apart in a really strange way. It's like high-level, top-level supermodels always had something which made them very unique, and yet women now are all sort of merging into this unimorphous beauty face. But it's because of this pressure that is put on everybody to maintain the aesthetic that they think they need in order to not lose attention. Okay, so this is next, this is now we've got the dumpster fire. Our our bitmojis are like vibing this completely. Yeah. Um. Uh, that yeah. that who's doing it right? And and you say and the mm. the who's doing it is always then where women end up. That's where we end up back with Barbie, right? Who's mm -hmm. who's telling women they need to look like Barbie? <laughs> <clears throat> it's a good question. I, I Naomi Wolf made her, her 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 reputation on on beauty myth, which is interesting. That one, okay. So we said women. I'd say because because the most beautiful woman has the opportunity to get the cute kid who was making little pendants, get him to give her one for free instead of a quarter that's a pretty strong incentive to start with mm. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was cute at that time right yeah. i said i was in one of my thin phases. being fat is one of these other like cycle cyclical problems for most women and i have i have lots of hormonal theories about it i think i think being feeling one is loved it has a slimming effect probably nesting has a, oh, has a fattening effect but for, for me in my in my yeah. life times when i've had significant attention oh that's the best diet ever oh yeah 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 love makes women look beautiful mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. then and then it's yeah. a, these these mm -hmm. feedback loops right so the beautiful women must be the ones that all the ones are paying attention to 
well, not necessarily because we know all these the miserable, beautiful women, but the 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 oh, the, yeah. the driver mm-hmm. of all of this. It's like the and this is this is you know why we end up with back with Adam and Eve. We don't get out of this easily, and why all those young adult books really should be burned in that dumpster, right? Because they're so evil. I couldn't believe what mm-hmm. what, what I was reading. It's like I was reading stuff that I have not read in romance novels that are moderately explicit in what are apparently books that are in the in the in the school mm-hmm. libraries for kids i was horrified um the 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 pressure the pressure comes from the guys paying attention the reality that the guys pay attention the women desperately not it's like what will happen of course if you have a group of women who have a certain look right they'll blend like you said right that they'll all end up looking about the mm-hmm. same level and woe betide the woman who goes in either direction out of that right if if she's too yeah. beautiful there are movies there's some good movies about that the degree to which the women in the in the in the village will rip her to shreds right um mm-hmm. if she's ugly of course then she gets to be the 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 the, the scapegoat for their own anxiety and so they get to ridicule her and, and torment her. We're thinking Heathers now, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I grew up in a really strange generational gap between need more wine. Uh, wholesome youth and something that looked like the precursor to all of these books that are being pumped out now to give young adults their guidance into adulthood. Around the time you were worried about getting uh, resin jewelry from the cute boys in the classroom, I was trying to avoid getting pregnant because the girls in my year level were already having babies. Uh, The girls that got attention in my generation were getting attention because they were having sex uh, below the legal age limit and nobody cared. And it's something that needs to be discussed with young women, I Mm. think, because we have a desire for attention as women. It's very hurtful when you like people and they don't like you back or, you know, you're not getting the kind of attention as the pretty girls in the room. And I find it funny now in, in hindsight that it's not the prettiness necessarily that's getting the attention. It's the... It's that the the girls that are uh, at least in my generation the girls that were able to uh grow up quickly enough that they were behaving the way that they were behaving were getting all of the attention what that does is it puts pressure on all of the females around them to start entering that in, entering that kind of competition Right. It's hard. It, it, it's not having it's, to compete. Having, having, having been that one who refused to compete in certain things and competes in everything else. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's very, very hard. hard. Then I got fat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the carbs uh, are really like soothing. <laughs> it's so yeah, cool. yeah. 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 Uh, but I mean, it's difficult and to try and raise, to, to raise young women to understand this, right. that uh, you're not going to compete with sluts for attention as an adolescent. You just can't. Uh, teenage boys are horrible and they are going to be drawn to the girls that are willing to uh, participate in 
in that. They just will. It's just the reality of what is. Good girls need to learn to be ignored. And that's a very painful slice of uh, of the journey to becoming a woman, I think, mm. because that learning how to be ignored phase can only come f- uh, and, and, and can only be navigated properly by girls who are getting the right kind of attention from men. And usually that comes from their dads. Yeah. Fathers, uncles, older brothers, good men that are around them to say, hold on, this is like a short-term thing for these girls. It's painful now. You will miss out on it. You're not going to get the, you're not going to get the, the, whatever it is they're, they're making right now. Don't worry about it. You get the diamond later on. It's that kind of talk that needs to be um, given to girls in that phase because men underestimate the competitional pressure that, you know, you have when you've got, um, when you've got large groups of girls together, you've got alpha females that are willing to be un- unchaste, to be unvirtuous, and to then realize, okay, so we're competing with beauty. Not only are we competing with beauty, we're competing with unvirtuous beauty. Yeah. You know, it's very, very hard. So everyone now is entering that, um, entering that life. Everybody, because we've got the internet. Suddenly, it's everywhere. Right. My generation with the crush test dummies for it. I I was thinking also. I mean, the the the, the books that are out there in the in the school libraries are terrible. They're, they're mm-hmm. absolutely terrible. And I I say this having read Anne Rice's Sleeping Beauty books. Right. <laughs> Everybody's read mm-hmm. Dan Rice's you read Anne Rice's vampire books and you haven't read the sleeping beauty because you have no idea. Right. They're horrible. These young adult books, they're horrible. And they're getting I mean, it's interesting to say they're books, so they're 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 getting in one of the other things that I understood now that I read read some about these is they're written in the kind of language that I've heard uh, bad theology coming out of people's mouths too, right? There's mm-hmm. a there's a kind of rhetorical persuasiveness of this quote reading level stuff that it it, it like mm-hmm. i think it's 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 drilling down into them into their doubt at the most vulnerable places they can and and they're written in this like the characters mm-hmm. are sort of like why did he say that and that that didn't seem to me bad and i'm just wanting to be i mean it's like wow right that the, the no one you know i sympathize now right it's like if you if you've encountered any of this literature and it's way worse than harry potter i mean harry potter was mild in its in mm-hmm. its d- depiction of some of the relationships i mean really 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 mild it's not all harry potter it's 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 much worse out there and this kind of that pressure i mean i read the the judy bloom books and what i remember was forever and of course she has sex and in, in that one and if you read that when you're 12 and it's in the privacy of your basement and you know, you're getting this, letting this get in your head. It's it's going to be hard to get out, and that's not even visual, right? Yeah, that's, that's just stories that are there and in in the kids' heads being told. Yes, it's appropriate, and it's you know the adults that are saying don't do this are just being you know oppressive and Christian probably, and they hold the snake handling stuff was rather interesting in the examples. Like, mm. Oh yeah, and they're all hypocrites and such. It's like it's, it's literally at the age when if you don't have 
we were saying we don't have your dad around or and then of course if you're a woman you're going to be starting to be in competition with your mother at that point so mm, that's hard um because you're like in the kitchen trying to figure out who's in charge now <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> basic stuff like that mom stop folding my clothes they're mine um yeah this is real really all difficult territory to navigate and it's 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 like we've as a culture thrown up our hands and given up i mean a lot of a lot of this stuff happens in the in the, the book debates that you know oh, well the kid you know the teachers get to make the decisions and don't the pre the parents are being told not to pressure their kids and it's like uh this sounds like grooming again mm. well I mean, as I said before, I went to school with girls that were teen moms, yep. teen mothers, and the the reality of that life is, um, this, this is like a, these girls are catapulted into adult levels of responsibility, but they're not the only ones. All women that engage in these intimate relationships with men are being lumped with incredibly complex adult responsibilities. Right. This is why this literature is so incredibly dangerous and irresponsible because it's proposing sexual anything as um, a recreational experience. For women, this is not the case. Even if you believe that you can use contraceptives or whatever, sex is not recreational for women. There is nothing about it which is naturally recreational. G girls overthink text messages for like six months. <laughs> you know, it's like anyone in their right mind thinks that a woman that's going to overthink a text message or like, oh, he didn't reply to me in two days. That's it. Ah, he's like. You know, you come up with like infinite amounts of fantasy regarding like why I'm why why is he not responding? Da, da, da. Imagine I'm that. 58. I still remember that that boy wouldn't give me one of those necklaces. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So now imagine an entire generation of women thinking, "Why didn't he give me that ring?" Right. Exactly. We've normalized women giving away themselves without the expectation of the jewelry. <laughs> yours, yours at least. In that situation, the girls wanted jewelry. Yes, they wanted jewelry. My generation, yep, they wanted jewelry. My generation, you couldn't say that out loud. Wow. We had lost that ability to say, no, I want the jewels. I want that. This is what I want. Because it was like, um, I think we were, we were kind of, uh, we were hyper normalizing the boomer culture of like, oh no, you want to go to work, blah, blah, blah. Which is funny because... I mean, I know a lot of boomer women that were stay-at-home moms, mm -hmm. but they raised their daughters to really swallow that uh, Jermaine Greer, like, power-dressing uh, lifestyle decision, even though they themselves were kept at home by mm -hmm. men. So it was a very fascinating time to be growing up as a woman. And to say, no, I want jewellery. No, I want money. I want someone to take care of me. Buy me a car. I want a house. I don't want to give myself over to you. You are retarded. You can't read. You can barely write your name on the paper. Do you know, all of these kinds of things that I saw the women I was growing up around having to deal with just because you end up in beauty, beauty competitional uh, uh, 
structure with the apex alpha females setting the standard, which was, okay, you want the attention? What do we have to do? Take our clothes mm-hmm. off. And having no one around to say, hold on a second. Hey, you're all running off a cliff, ladies. What are you doing? And, of course, the guys weren't there saying, no, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Why would they? The same reason they're not saying to the NPC girls, stop saying ice cream so good. Right. They feed it. If you tip someone, they're going to do it again. If you give them money, they will do it again. If you give a woman attention, she's going to do it again. So it was like we were all sort of in this really strange social phase of being trained to realize Jermaine Greer's vision for the female sex at the same time as colliding with the introduction of the internet. Mm. It was like, what? what is this whoa you know and so I, I i like i saw everything i saw all of it so to say what do women want <laughs> it's a generational thing some of them are honest some of them are not honest i think in my in terms of my generation women in my generation they want to be honest about what they really want first and then deal with the the pain of not being able to say it out loud or to realize that we weren't raised we weren't raised with the uh with the social conditions to have what we want as women Mm. well so i'm thinking i women who well i've done you know i've done both of them right it's like i wanted to be beautiful and i wanted the ice cream for getting good grades, which women are actually like everyone says that women are doing better in school than men are that we are, we do respond well to being told we're doing well, which getting good grades Mm -hmm. is nice. Right. Um, yeah, I, I hadn't, I mean, the other thought of course is that, that feminism is, is the revenge of the ugly women. (laughs) 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 Who it's very, very painful being, left out of the male attention and i you know i can mm-hmm. i can see that it, it's it's if you look at photographs they're not necessarily the most um photogenic women and they're creating a different competition which is is sad for women because i actually so i have this this i don't think it's stupid I do have this sense that if, if everyone were their proper size, we'd all be equally beautiful. It, it's sort of like, you know, in heaven, everybody will be 30. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like we're all we're all 30 and not fat or skinny or something like that. There's, we actually I do honestly believe this. We all have this potential to be like uniformly beautiful, but in different ways. I mm-hmm. maybe I don't know whether that's true or not. Maybe it is. I I think it is. I think it should be. Um, oh, there are just some ugly people. Yeah. Then see, I, I say that. And I think some, some people are ugly. People it's unfortunate. <laughs> some people are just really ugly. <laughs> however, however, I think that the horror that that we we have merely scratched the surface, but we're getting further than we did in, in two weeks ago, of mm-hmm. how many lies have been told about the kinds of situations that both men and women are ending up in. And and I'm I'm thinking that there are other Mm -hmm. things that I have to say about men's, I mean, men are 
obviously frustrated with women who use them and abuse them and don't make them sandwiches. And I think, I th <laughs> I, no, I, th I think there, there's, there's a yeah. reciprocity that's difficult in, in the other direction, right? That women who, when the men move in, um, don't let them have their own sense of being home either. And mm. that's hard. Because women, we're, we don't like having other people in our space, frankly. Um, and yet, if your mm. husband's there... <laughs> mm. yeah. But it's his house, too. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's the phenomenon of the man cave and the, and the you know, the tools in the, in the garage and the, the guy's night out and stuff like that, which is probably mm. not a bad thing as well. But, I mean, this, this was the stuff of, of the the fifties and sixties sitcoms of like, how do the husbands and wives figure out their, their reciprocal tensions. Mm. And, you know, I, I've started, so it's in Shrek. <laughs> actually Shrek is a really been good binging series. Shrek. I binged on Shrek on Sunday and I'm here to report mm. that Shrek actually does really really well at a lot of this stuff ironically because it's supposed to be the, the subversion of the fairy tale when it actually is the classic fairy tale dealing with a lot of these difficulties straight up it was very very lovely we should do a whole episode on Shrek how's that yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> ogres have layers. We need a whole. Episode we need a whole on episode on ogres, ogres and layers. You'll yeah. have to watch all four of them now too. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, I don't know. I think like the main thing is that people are not honest. Mm. Men are not honest about how they want to be taken care of by their wives, and women are not honest about how they want to be taken care of by their husbands. Yeah, and um instead of looking at what other women want saying no this is what i want i think the issue is breaking the competitional urge and to say okay they have that do i actually want that or is this an envy thing mm. you know like i said in the beginning of that 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 key phase like 12 to 15 you know when you're worrying about resin jewelry i was looking at like this world of do I want those kinds of guys actually? Am I just sad that I'm not getting the attention or is it that, <laughs> that I actually want those kinds of guys? Right. It's, a, it's a problem for girls because we enter a competition with each other naturally. We slide into right. it. Well, we are in competition. And... It's yeah. real. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. monogamy is actually great for everybody because <laughs> hopefully calms everything mm -hmm. down. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you really want to be 12 for the rest of your life? Oh my gosh. Right. And that the, the, the same, <laughs> you're married now and you are off limits to each other, work on other stuff, like raising your kids, as opposed to that. Yeah. I mean, literally everybody must remember what that awakening time is like. And it's horrible. Cause you're suddenly in competition with well, everybody. It's just going on yeah. and on and yeah. on. People have not ever exited the awakening time. Good point. Yes. We're in like a perpetual awakening. It's the gerund form of hell <laughs> adolescence. <laughs> not, We're not, not to be 12 anymore. Constantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they are. 
and now and no one wants to snap out of it they're terrified to yeah. because they're not being honest about what they want and the ones that are are finding that their their honesty is being met with the with the you know like like this woman she what she said i want to be a mom i want to i want to have a baby she can't find people that are willing to be honest back and say yeah i want to be a father mm -hmm. Why? Because you're scared. Okay, everyone is scared. Everybody is terrified. So the only way of getting out of the Jeruund adolescence is uh, is to be honest. And I mean, like I I started the stream of talking about riding the horse, but that's the kind of relationship that I see is the 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 ideal. Uh, it's not tyrannical you can't be a tyrant of those kinds of animals because they will fuck you up if you mistreat them and the people that are working in those kind you know excuse my language but it's just it is what it is uh i think a lot of people don't understand exactly how wonderful women can be when they're treated right and when they enter into that kind of relationship with a man who's uh making them their best Everything gets better. The world gets better. Communities get better. Cultures get better. Everything is good. When women are good, everything is good. Families are good. The children thrive. Everything. Uh, it's uh, it's like I was saying last time we did this, I think it's, prop it's proper for women to be self-centered in that way. They have to make sure that they're okay so they can make sure everyone else is okay. Right. And... Um, yeah the uh the kind of r relating the people are getting used to that my generation entered that mechanistic transactional world you know the early internet when everybody you know they'd gone into germane gria merged with the internet everything just blew up and people forgot that what it really took to keep a family together was a uh, was a, a a relationship where there's a unit there's a unity in the family and people are so sensitive to everyone else around them that you know they can feel when something is off and they're really trying to invest in the people around them to keep the family structure together uh the same, you know, the same way that uh, the people that are working with the falcons or the horses or the dogs mm -hmm. are, you know, they're they're taking care of the things that are around them because it's a bond, it's a relationship bond. It's not just a materialistic value. Uh, I think that's probably the only thing that would offset the the hypergamy or the polygamy on both sides of men and women is to realize that you're investing in relationships and the the relationships have to uh, trump the material or else everything dissolves. Now our Bitmoji says hashtag adulting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, so I'm also, I'm also thinking that this, uh, I mean, we could do a, we can do a historical analysis too. Um, that the industrial revolution wrecked a lot of stuff and it did wreck villages and, and mm -hmm. families. And, you know, that, you know, I grew up in the suburbs, the suburbs were actually pretty good in the seventies in the sense that we were, we were the Gen X kids playing outdoors with our bikes. 
and you know mm. you go out and you're not home and your mom doesn't know where you are because well she's at work but <laughs> you know that because the kids are all out playing um that mm. you know the suburbs were hard because stereotypically the the you know the men all leave for work and they're just away and the women are all in mm -hmm. it's like edward scissor hands kind of thing right um mm -hmm. there's got to be better integration of family and life for this to be sustainable because families isolated by themselves yeah. can't survive the difficulties you, you, no. you, I mean, it's like that the, the nuclear family makes it sound like we're you know that they're atoms right and people often do also point that out that the nuclear family is is very very fragile because it's all isolated and atomic it's all by itself yeah we have to be atoms not atoms yeah. it has to be it has to be the extended family in the same in the same world together we have we have to stop nursing homes the nursing homes have destroyed that family too. life. Yep. It has to stop. No more nursing homes. Like uh, what I was saying about women becoming a convenience by being chemically sterilized and then having our entire nature augmented by uh, pharmacology in order to <laughs> ignore our live, laugh, love impulses. <laughs> it's the same thing. We've, con we've, We've made uh, females convenient. We're doing the same thing to old people, right. but the the idea of uh, children being um, unsupervised doesn't happen in the third world because parents are at home, because grandparents are at right. home. So it just takes it takes a it takes an effort, and it has to be multi generational. I mean, the problem with the with creating these family systems is that not everybody in the West is going to want to change again, because we've got to share the same kitchen. We've got three generations of women in the same kitchen. It becomes, you know, it's good. <laughs> becomes really, tough. It's tricky. becomes really tough. I mean, it's the stuff mm -hmm. of novels, right? Because indeed those are mm -hmm. the real dynamics and, and, and difficulties. Um, there was something else I was now we're looking now you and I are sitting at a campfire the bitmojis like us mm. <laughs> I love these bitmojis <laughs> our cartoon version <laughs> <laughs> they're they're incredibly accurate oh, always always well actually I chose the ones that I thought were accurate to us the Bitmo bitmoji uh, app gives you other options that we're, we're not exploring here um and now I forgot what I was saying, thinking about the families and living together. And you were saying whether or not people mm. will choose. Oh, right. It's like that, that, but people are choosing families all the time, right? I think the, the one thing that everybody's upset about in, the, in this, like, you know, modern family or, you know, make your own family is the theme. I've seen it over and over and over again for decades now is the characters are always wanting to find their family because clearly they don't have mm -hmm. any or any sense of it, it's like in the Puss in Boots that I watched last night with the the Last Wish, right? Um, spoiler alert: Goldilocks realizes her family are the bears, right? Because they've been living together, and of course, what she wants is a family. And then she like a whole problem of finding family, and then the cats and the dog live together and steal the ship. And oh wait, I just spoiled the end, but the, <laughs> I didn't actually. <laughs> that 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 need for 
real connection and longing. And most of the sitcoms come up with, you know, weepy cast realizing, oh, we're family now. Presumably precisely because so few families feel like that. You know, never mind the Waltons, mm. which we did grow up, you know, it's like, I was thought it was a silly show and I didn't really like it, but I did like Brady Bunch and the Neil Partridge family because you, 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 people need, you know, dynamic community and, you know, they'd rather be, now I'm thinking about the television shows, they'd rather be the castaways on Gilligan's Island with actually continuing relationships than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Which presumably yeah, is why the Kardashians are so wealthy, because people like watching at least their family. <laughs> mm -hmm. Dysfunctional and whatever yeah. as it is, it's a family. Right? Mm -hmm. It's a relief. It's a relief. Because, I mean, they're dysfunctional. So you think, okay, <laughs> it's not just all oh, that. Yes. But it's a relief to actually see that, okay, it still exists somewhere. Right. Mm. What does the chat think? Mel says, nobody wants to change their parents' diapers. Okay. Hello, Mortloaf Bear. <laughs> um, Casey, oh, Casey said, you don't know how lucky you are. You've got a school and a career and have a career, said my mom. And all the other women in my neighborhood when I was in high school in the 80s. I thought they were all ungrateful for what they had. And I knew women have been going to college for 100 years. So they were also just making crap up to justify their being housewives. Yeah, my you know, all my family, women in my family went to college. So I don't know what you're talking about. They did not need a justification, but all thought they needed one. That is another result of the feminist movement. Well, what, what we clearly need to continue talking about is the way women influence each other. <laughs> because mm. we're really good at it but also really bad at it right and that being one of our dynamics which you um kilts have been talking about it's like on the one hand well so this is this is what's always fascinating me. i mean the one hand women need men because we need certain kinds of things men do that are better at than than we are and we also need mm -hmm. other women but it's it's complicated exactly why we need other women <laughs> because we're so often in direct competition with each other. Um, we still have yet, and now we're splitting on our jellyfish, um, to mm. figure out why there would be any women who don't like highly skilled men. That one, utter mystery, two hours in. Yeah. <laughs> Fat just gave us an ice cream. Um. <clears throat> <laughs> congrats oh congrats on a year of episodes ladies one last thing um <laughs> i'm so tempted no to do it. don't don't give in <laughs> he's tempting you you see what they're doing you see exactly. what they're doing Excellent. boys you're creating an algorithm are you are you ready because if you release that genie <laughs> no i won't That's i won't <laughs> I want to live, laugh, love. I do not want to be an NPC. We need jewelry, not just ice cream. Yeah. I need yeah. bookcases. Jewelry, cars. I'm, I'm stood, book, house, bigger house, Horses. more bookcases. 
bookcase. Yet more corgis. She needs a library, not just a bookcase. She needs an entire I do. <laughs> library. And, and lots of With corgis. The... Yeah. You know our wish list now. You also know <laughs> we need you to subscribe <laughs> so that we can give, mm -hmm. send you our newsletter. Subscribe on dragoncommonroom.com so that we send out our newsletter, which is going to get very spicy. We promise. Probably. Um, not, not as spicy as those young adult books I was reading about today, but we promise <laughs> to keep you on the edge of your seats. Um, what else do we have? I don't know. I'm just thinking about going horse riding. <laughs> lost your attention. Uh, this, is, this is the finale. Oh, no. Now we're going, ah, the bitmojis are, ah. Um, uh, it knows. The bitmojis know. The bitmojis know. The, the end of the year. Thank you so much for watching us this whole year. We'll be back next week. <laughs> Season two. And a continuing exploration of the symbolism and insanity of our internet ocean. Mm -hmm. We still need call signs and stuff like that, like learn to scan. Oh yes. There, there will, there's going to be some more books coming up. Watch for them. We'll be, we'll send announcements out on the newsletter. So subscribe to the newsletter so that you'll be in the loop and part yes. of the team. And now we'll float away on our little, uh, I don't, the bitmojis are randomized and now we've back to the jellyfish. So I think we float off now. <laughs> Good night, everyone. We're going jellyfishing. We're going jellyfishing. <laughs>